Triple M. Rush Hour. Hey guys, your favourite podcast is just seconds away, but what if you could listen to it without worrying about using data? Got an offer for you right now. Uh, if you go to ilovedata.com.au, you're going to get 50 gigs of data for only $59.95 a month. There's no contracts, there's no catches. It's ilovedata.com.au. Open that up on your browser now and let's get into the podcast. Tonight we'll go to the Philip Hughes inquest as it gets more gut-wrenching by the day. Rabs is in. We'll get his take on the Bulldogs seemingly pushing out Des Hasler. News from AFL Trade Week and in one of the more unique interviews, Andrew Fafita says he's concerned Considering walking away from rugby league. Welcome to the Rush Hour. Oh, welcome aboard. Nice to be back in the studio after our excursion in Melbourne. Hello, Rabbi. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm becoming more like you by the day. You know what I did straight after we uh, did the show? Oh, by the way, before we get to that, congratulations to Boz. And th- thank you for doing the show yesterday, Boz. This was his prediction at the end of the show. I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. And I think you'll see, even though Japan struggled so far in the group, when it's such a big game and they've got such champion players, they're going to rise to the occasion. It's going to be a very, very close game. And like I said, I think it'll be a draw. Bang on. Bang on. The draw, Japan would be much better. That's why we're paying the big bucks. But uh, I did something you I think you'd be proud of, Rabbi. Show, in, show ends at seven. It was... you got no idea how cold it was down there. It was the... Docklands, obviously, it's on the water. So we get this... Uh, you know, you get that awful... It's about eight degrees... I thought, do I sit here for another hour and wait for this game? No, I got in the cab, went to the airport and came home. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> so there I've I am. I've got a ticket f- to the Socceroos and I'm watching the first, yeah. I watched the first goal at the bar at the uh, Tullamarine. Yeah. Oh, well, well done. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm not proud no, of it. I'm not proud no, of it. Okay, but, you know, I, I understand entirely. There's no place like home. Mate, they didn't even... I tell you, when they build this stadium in Sydney with the roof... For God's sake, close the roof when it's cold because they wouldn't, they kept the roof open and it was eight degrees. Yeah. yeah. That's Melbourne. All right. Let's uh, get to some serious stuff. Uh, I want to get your take on Canterbury. Yeah. Getting ready to push Des Hasler out. I, I think we can make that statement because that seems what's uh, what's going to happen. We'll do that right after this. It's the Rush Hour on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. It's the Rush Hour getting you home on a Wednesday, Rabs and Dan. Uh, now, Let's get to Des Hasler in a story that's escalating quickly. Uh, apparently, Danny Widler reported last night on Nine News uh, that um, Ray Dibb, who I think might run the show there at Canterbury, is the chairman. Some clubs are run by chair people, some are run by the CEO. I think when once Ray decides, and that's pretty much it, and the sort of the Nick Politis yeah, mould. You're, you're, you're talking football club, I think. Yes, I, I think George. Yeah, I think George is the chairman of the league's club. Yes, yes, yes. But I think you find Ray Dibbs in charge of the football club. I, I might be wrong. It seems when he sort of wants something, then then that, that, that's what happens. And we're having the well, Canterbury are having this um, meeting, this crisis meeting, as it's been referred to by outside people on Friday, to determine Hasler's future. Now he is still contracted for another year, and they reported one point two million. Um, it's obvious that now it? that. Yeah there's no long-term future. If he survives, it's what for one year only, uh, unless there is some miraculous turnaround. So, just wondering, Rabs, what's the point? If, if they feel this way, what's the point of keeping him? Oh, what's the point of having a meeting, I suppose? Well, the point of having a meeting is to basically negotiate and, and have consultation with other members of your board. But, you know, when I look at the facts, Des Hasler 
as a player and as a coach, has won four premierships. Mm. Uh, Des Hasler has taken teams to the final, I think, a dozen years or more in a row. In the case of Canterbury, he's taken them to the finals every year since he went there in 2012. You stop me when I'm wrong. Correct so far. And two of those times was to the grand final. Mm. So I, I can't believe that Des Hasler, the professor, has forgotten how to coach. I mean, he's got a wealth of talent around him. You'd think that just about anybody could coach Canterbury and they'd, they'd have to win a fair amount of games. But you can't simply say the coach has forgotten how to coach or the coach simply doesn't get the culture at Canterbury. That's the giveaway. When Terry Lamb comes out and says he doesn't get the culture, when Steve Mortimer today comes out and says he doesn't understand or doesn't have the Bulldogs' DNA, that's curtains. Once you club legends who I think have you know some pull there, they talk about we need insiders, not outsiders. That's, that's not a good sign for Des. And I think they see the first year as a success, 2012, when they won the minor premiership and made the grand final, ended up losing to Melbourne. But I think they also see the last four years as a failure. Yes, they have made the finals. Once they got hot, made the grand final. But essentially, all four years, they've limped into the finals in the bottom part of the top eight. And really, outside of that 2014 year, never challenged for the premiership. Yeah, look, I understand they pour a lot of money into their club. The league's club, probably at Canterbury, I would think, puts more money into their football club than any other club in the league. So you're probably expecting a better result than you got. But, I mean, there are clubs out there would kill. They'd absolutely kill to make the finals every year since 2012 under this coach. Now, you talk about he doesn't get the culture. Uh, And I'm probably going to rankle a few people that are on the board here. But Warren Ryan, did he get the culture? The answer has to be, obviously, yes, he did. Gus Gould, did he get the, the culture? Obviously, he must have. Um, Ted Glossop, the late Ted Glossop, did he Chris get Anderson. the culture? Chris Anderson. Well, you know, what did they have? I know Chris played for That's the club. Right. Was, I know that. Yeah. But do you have to be a player at Canterbury to get the culture? And are those, and let me ask, you this, let me ask this question of the board. Are those who appointed Des under a rather dark veil, if you like, under what what sort of circumstances would you call it? I don't know, but they were secretive, to say the least. Absolutely. Are those people who appointed Des, are they going to put their hand up and say, as Michael Baird did, we got it wrong? Well, let me read you this. This is from. We just can't blame... The point I'm making is you just can't blame Des Hasler. I'll read you this piece from the Sydney Morning Herald. It was it dropped this afternoon. Adrian Prezenko has written this. Canterbury Bulldogs tip to make insane decision, according to outspoken dog sponsor Gary Johnston. He's the J-Car guy. Uh, he right. believes it would be insane to sack Des Hasler, but his support is unlikely to prevent the club from parting ways with the two-time premiership winning coach by the end of the week. So mm-hmm. Canterbury are the sort of club they don't need... Spo- they, they're big enough they can do things without the support of sponsors. But let me go on. Um... Uh, with board elections looming next year, it's understood some directors fear they could be unseated at the ballot box unless they are prepared to demonstrate to members that positive changes are afoot. So this asserts this piece, and that's that's the writer, not not Gary Johnston saying that, that basically they, if they push Des out, it looks like they're, they're making progress. But Johnston says, I think it'll be insane to get rid of Des. 
They are disappointed because they didn't win a premiership. That's a pretty big ask. A lot of CEOs would kill their mothers to win a premiership. Oh, I'm not sure about that. The motivation to win in this business is superb. That's what makes the game so great. But they don't give premierships away at the bottom of cornflakes packets. It's a good quote. My only criticism of Des is he's too loyal. He's stuck with some players longer than he should have. If that's the worst you can say of him, dot, dot, dot. I would be very disappointed if Des was shown the door. I think there are other issues. He was a good coach in the past. There's no reason why he can't be a good coach now. He's had a tough year, but to throw the baby out with the bathwater is a dumb idea. That's Gary Johnston, the sponsor uh, the, the J car sponsor, the boss of yeah, the boss the of J car man, yeah, yeah. I, I'm familiar with him, and I, I don't know him personally, but you would think that he would carry some clout. But for God's sake, how many more uh, star players do they need at Canterbury? Um, I mean, let's let's leave Des aside for a moment. Imagine, imagine you didn't have a coach. Imagine Des wasn't there. I would, I'd be still prepared to back that squad of players under the leadership of James Graham and company to get the job done reasonably well. I, I Don't get me wrong here. I, maybe Des has forgotten how to coach, but I can't believe that. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We did mention at the start of the show that we've been handed an incredible deal from Ovo Mobile. So if you switch to Ovo Data Sim, you're going to get 50 gig for fifty nine ninety five on 4G. And this is going to change how you enjoy listening to music, video, sport, all the stuff you do on your mobile device with nothing more than a new SIM. And get this just for you for listening right now. Ovo will give you the first month at half price. Let's do some math. Let's work that out. A whole month to enjoy 50 gig on 4G for just $29.95, then $59.95 after that. So there's no contract and Ovo will instantly upgrade your plan to any better offers they release as part of their more for fans promise. And with 50 gig, you can afford to catch up with us more often. Open your browser now and get on at ilovedata.com.au. 50 gig for 59.95 on 4G and then half price for the first month. ilovedata.com.au. Now let's get back to the show. Still to come on the show, we'll go to the Philip Hughes inquiry or inquest and... One of the more bizarre interviews last night, the Andrew Fafita interview, we'll talk about that soon. Not just tiles and bathrooms. ABL Tile and Bathroom Centre, your one-stop renovation shop. abltilecentre.com.au Right now, this is the Triple M Rush Hour. Live sports update. Socceroos are now second in their World Cup qualifying group after their draw with Japan and Saudi Arabia's 3-0 win over UAE. The Saudis are now two points clear of Australia and if they keep this run going, that's a very scary prospect for both the Socceroos and Japan, because those two might be fighting for the one remaining automatic qualifying spot. Next for Australia is last-placed Thailand in Bangkok in November. That will signal the halfway point of the face. So still plenty of games to go. A showstopper at AFL Trade Week with indications Hawthorne captain and 300-gamer Sam Mitchell could be off to the West Coast Eagles. Sydney's top Mitchell and the Hawks have come to an agreement on a trade. And the Commission will convene on November 15. So what's that in a month? to decide whether Job Watson, one of the Essendon 34, will have his 2012 Brownlow taking off him. Jeez, that's gone for a while. And I want to get your opinion on this, Rabs. Andy Murray has blown up after tactical notes he was looking at during a match were broadcast live on TV. Uh, they weren't exactly the Da Vinci code. The notes included attacky second serve, stay calm and breathe, and open up his forehand. But I believe he left them on his bag and the camera zoomed in. 
Now, do you think, Rabs, that once you bring something out onto the court, it's fair game? Yeah, I think that's fair game. I mean, the whole purpose, really, of television today is to take people to places they haven't been. That's why we take people in the dressing rooms. That's why we drop a microphone in occasionally on a conversation uh, with permission. But at the end of the day, that's the only thing they haven't sought is permission. No, I think it's good television. Mm. I don't think it's going to affect the result of the game. That was the sports update for ABL Tile and really? Bathroom well, what that that's it. It was a lovely point. I thought we'll move on. Are you upset that <laughs> no, I seriously? Seriously, do you think it affected the It was a perfect other... point. Yeah, well, that's the point I'm trying to make. Okay, thank you. Let's move <laughs> well, on. I didn't mean to be rude. It was just a, no, there was okay. no, I couldn't improve on that point, so I thought I'll move on. I think it's a brilliant piece of television. There you go. That, that was a spy. I agree with you. That was a sports update. Once you bring something out on the court, it's fair game. That's a sports update for ABL Thailand Bathroom Centre. We'll go to the Philip Hughes inquiry after this. It is the Rush Hour on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour. Triple M, this is the Rush Hour. And, Rabs, we've tried to do our best to avoid this, but you can't. It's too... I mean, it's... It's engrossing, not in the not in the most glamorous way. The Philip Hughes inquiry. Have you been yeah, following the last couple of days? Yes, I have, and, and it's the coronial inquiry that you probably don't want to have. Um, that that's my feeling. I don't think there's any winners coming out of it. I, I think there are people that are going to be examined and questioned, and uh, they're going to be thinking about haunting thoughts for the rest of their life. It's as I said, it's like a it's like an inquiry. The one you don't want to have. Well, well, let's find it. Well, let's go to someone who's been there and sat through the really excruciating three days. I think we need to find out why we're having this. I think that's the most pertinent question. Chris Barrett from the Sydney Morning Herald, welcome to the Rush Hour. G'day, guys. Who has driven this? This is two years from the incident where it seemed to be accepted that this was just a freak, horrible accident. How did we get to this situation where we do have the coronial inquest? Yeah, look, I think these things tend to happen with, um, you know, notable deaths, I suppose, in in, in circumstances that are, are highly unusual. So I don't think there's been any particular party, certainly not the family or Cricket Australia that have, have been the drivers behind this. But, uh, you know, the coroner themselves, uh, you know, decides to, to, to go ahead with the, these sorts of things. But, yeah, it's been a, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty painful and harrowing week. Okay, so the first day we had Doug Bollinger, Brad Haddon under the under the spotlight. Yesterday we had the yep. South, South Australian batsman who was at the other end under the spotlight. What's happened today? So today, um, uh, yeah, Tom Cooper, as you said yesterday, he he appeared. He's the South Australian batsman who was playing alongside Phil Hughes at the time. He he was um, asked yesterday by the council. Uh, assisting the family or the council of the family whether he, whether he'd been the one who told Hughes's brother uh, Jason about this this Bollinger sledge you you've heard about the I'm going to kill you sledge that's uh, I suppose dominated uh, the mm. coverage so far. Now he denied that he'd ever heard that or that he'd ever told anyone about that. As a as a consequence, um, there's been another statement made to the inquest by a bloke called Matt Day, who's a mate of um, who's a mate of Phil Hughes's and of Jason Hughes and was a, was a pallbearer at Hughes's funeral and he's um. He's come out in a statement which has been released this afternoon and said that he was uh, present when um, Bollinger told a group of six or seven people that he'd made this made the sledge. Uh, it was in the, in the dressing room at the SCG uh, on the evening that uh, Hughes actually passed away when all the cricketers sort of gathered there. So it's it's sort of increased this uh, this tension about the about the differing versions of events on that day. 
Okay, let's say, Rabs, that it is proven that Doug Bollinger said this. I, I don't yeah. know where this goes. I mean, th- this is it's, it's an ugly part of cricket, but this is part of sledging. No one in the world thinks Doug Bollinger was out to hurt Phil Hughes. He was trying to take his wicket. Yeah, look, I, I didn't know what uh, Chris was about to tell us, to be honest with you, but there is sledging in professional cricket, and Philip Hughes knew that. Uh, I think everybody in professional cricket knows that. Bowling short to a batsman is part of the business of getting him out. Uh, sledging a batsman who doesn't like short pitch bowling uh, is part of cricket. At the end of the day, there's been a lot of dastardly things said mm. by one cricketer to another. Uh, the Australian captain said something, what was it, 12 months ago, two years ago? Yeah, he said to I Jimmy Anderson, I'm gonna break, you're going to get a, a broken effing arm. Yeah, well, it's not quite as it's not quite as much as saying I'm going to kill you. But at the end of the day, the bowler has certain equipment, the batsman has certain equipment, and Philip Hughes would have been aware of sledging, no matter what, no matter when. Uh, and so this is the sad part about it, you know. Reading Chris, and this is Chris Barrett from the Sydney Morning Herald, reading. The, the, for the, one of the council representatives is is basically acting on the behalf of the family. You've just told us about that statement from a family friend. Uh, you can certainly understand their anger. Are they going to take the stand? Because I'm told if they were to open up, it could get quite explosive. Yeah, look at this case. At this um, point in time, I don't think so. No, but um, the family, you know, that they, they they want to get their own answers, whether they're going to get them or not. And oh. I, I think. I think probably cricket hasn't translated well into the courtroom in that sense. In that, in that, yes, sledges can't be taken taken literally, and there was probably a flippancy to sledges as well prior to Hughes dying um, that doesn't exist today. I mean, you can't imagine a cricketer these days saying, uh, "You know, I'm going to kill you on the cricket field, or or I'm going to hit you in the head," because those guys didn't believe anything like that was was possible at that time. And I suppose, I suppose now they do. All right. Well, we better let you go. Uh, it's been, I understand all the journos. It's been harrowing for them, for anyone who's been in that room. It's been absolutely uh, devastating. At least now we get to something where we may get positivity, i.e. cricket helmets and ambulances and, and those sort of processes, and maybe we can get a positive answer and sort of uh, something that, you know, we might get an improvement working forward. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Pleasure, guys. Chris Barrett from the Sydney Morning Herald. We're going to take a break. We'll come back on the other side. It's the Rush Hour Triple M. The Triple M. Rush Hour. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. Rabs and uh, Dan. Now, let's get to this story, which has just gone to where This is Danny Widler uh, on Channel 9. This is actually a developing story. A man has complained to the NRL Integrity Unit after his son was arrested in Phuket in Thailand. Now, both Aaron Gray and Dylan Walker are said to have been at the venue where the man was arrested. The, the players are being investigated by their respective clubs as we speak right now. The clubs were only made aware of this a couple of hours ago, so they're looking into the situation. And can you remember, both these players had dramas last year with prescription drug, uh, prescription drugs overdoses where they almost lost their lives. OK, that, that was on Channel 9. Lock, can we play the start of that again? Because I'm a bit confused here. So someone's... Play the start of that again. This is actually a developing story. A man has complained to the NRL Integrity Unit after his son was arrested in Phuket in Thailand. Now, both Aaron Gray and Dylan Walker are said to have been at the venue where the man was arrested. The, okay. the players are... 
Okay, that's all a bit confusing. So a man's gone to the NRL integrity unit. His son's been arrested, and it's apparently, uh, allegedly, got something to do with Walker and Grace. Obviously, there's a lot of gaps that need to be filled in here, but, well, that's most concerning. These were the two, as Danny intimated, that nearly died last year. So I don't yeah, know what I, we make it. I mean, again, that's very, it's very preliminary. But if the, there's the, a missing, there's a missing link there somewhere. Um, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, somebody gets arrested. A man rings up the integrity unit and complains, and suddenly the story then involves Dylan Walker and Aaron Gray were in the same precinct at the same time, but nobody has explained what the link is between Walker, Gray, and the arrested man. Tom, can we try and get Danny on the phone? We'll try and get Danny. Well, there's something missing. Now, he might only have very little detail as well, but if we can get some more in the next 15 minutes, we'll do that. The Andrew Fafita interview coming up next. The Triple M Rush Hour. Okay, we went to the break and uh, we're wondering about these details, or fairly scan on details, as it often is when it, when it just breaks. These two players apparently now being investigated by the NRL Integrity Unit. Rabs, we, we've got Danny Wadler. Thank you for joining us on such short notice, Dan. Uh, this just went to where a couple of minutes ago. So we're a bit confused, Rabs and myself. It seemed so a man's complained, his son got arrested. We don't understand the link between that and the, the players in question. Gents, uh, this story uh, came to me at about quarter to six today, uh, and I made some phone calls about what exactly had happened. So what I can gather at, at this point is that uh, a, a person was arrested in Thailand. Dylan Walker and Aaron Gray were uh, at the scene, allegedly. Uh, I contacted the NRL about this. They said they're aware of the matter and they, they have been told about it, but they expect the clubs, Manly uh, and South Sydney, to investigate this. So I contacted each of those clubs. They were both uh, recently aware of the players being around that incident and they were cur- they are currently investigating as to whether they have done something or played any part uh, in, an, in this incident where a, a brawl or a fight has happened. Um, now, that's, that's the details I have uh-huh. at short notice. And the way I presented it was because I don't want, um, obviously, to give a false impression that necessarily these players have been involved without concrete evidence of them being involved because that's being investigated by their clubs at present. So the the only connection, Danny, uh, it's Rabs, um, right. the only connection is that, that these two fellows, Walker and Gray, were in the same area as a person who was, ar- who was arrested. Is that the only connection, the only link that we have at the moment? Right, at the moment uh, it's being investigated. So whether they were in any way, shape or form in part of the, a brawl or a fight, uh, I don't know that, but I do know that the clubs are being invest are investigating it, and that's why, in the way we presented it, I didn't want to say that they necessarily were involved in anything that we don't know they weren't involved with. Okay, so fair. Can I ask you: Are you talking, Dan? Are you talking about a brawl or a fight, or are we talking about drugs? Oh no, we're not talking about drugs. No, no, we're talking okay. about there was there was an allegation of a a brawl of some sort or a fight. Uh, and that's yeah. being looked at by okay. uh, the Manly Club and the South Sydney Club. Uh, Manly, I know we're attempting to uh, make contact with Dylan Walker as we're going to air, and South Sydney were doing the same with Aaron Gray. But this okay. all came to a head because someone, the father of the kid the who got arrested, complained. Father, yeah, correct. They, they complained not just to uh, the NRL 
integrity unit, uh, but also to a, a media outlet as well, from what I can gather. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us so quickly. Yeah, and I, just, and I didn't want to make more of it than was without without the facts. I'm just explaining what's going on at the moment. Well, that's why we got you on then, because we played your report and we thought there's yeah. a missing link here. We, we, we need to just well, get, we, dig a we bit can't deeper. Accuse them, Dan, we can't accuse them of doing anything wrong other than the fact they're being investigated. Perfect. That's all we needed to know. Thanks, Dan. No worries, Dan. There you go, Dan, Danny Wilder from uh, Channel 9 News. So I guess, Rabs, what's this space? Oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious that there's been a link between rugby league fraternity and somebody that's been arrested up in Thailand, but... I mean, Danny's tried to handle it the best way he knows how, legally, and he's had plenty of experience in that area. He is... He's the 007, isn't he? All right, this is Danny Widler. He's had a good couple of days. He's got that Bulldog story yesterday, too. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. Next, we'll wrap it up and get to that strange Andrew Fafita interview last night on television. More after this. The Triple M Rush Hour. Triple M. Rush Hour. When we do sports updates, they are for the ABL Thailand Bathroom Centre, and we're still running this competition. If you're... uh, if, if you were at the NRL Telstra Premiership Grand Final, you are in with a chance to win an easy grand. Uh, we took an incredible high-definition photo at the Grand Final. So if you were there, unless you're out the back having a smoke, you'll be in it. Head to the Triple M Sydney Facebook page. Don't laugh, uh, button pusher Lachlan. Mate, you go at half time. There's a 1,000 people out the back having a bunger. Head to the Sydney Triple M uh, Facebook page. Find the 360-degree post. Follow the link. Tag yourself in the photo for the chance to win a 1,000 bucks. Uh, Rabbi here with Dan. Finally, we get to this because I know we both saw this last night. We we both watched the Jones and Co show on Sky News, which is on a Thursday night. Alan Jones and Mark Lathan. No, 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 no. It's on a Tuesday night. What did I say? Thursday. Thursday. Sorry, yes, no, long day. Yeah. On a Tuesday no, I, night. I watch it all the time, and 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 I love the program. Uh, and I'm hoping that Richo comes back healthy and well. That doesn't mean that Latham's not doing a good job, but I do watch it all the time. That's right. And then there's Paul Murray on straight after. But we watched it last night, and Andrew, there's Andrew Fafita. And it was... I, I'm trying to think of a better word than bizarre, but it was a bizarre circumstance. You had uh, Jones, Mark Latham, and Daily Telegraph com- columnist Miranda Devine all singing Fafita's praises. He was there for an interview, and he was basically a passenger. They were doing all the talking for him. Yeah, it, it was very much uh, that. I, I can't argue with that. And, and, you know, if you don't bring Andrew's previous record into it, I can understand how people are feeling sorry for him. Uh, all this, by the way, happened many weeks ago. The player was allowed to play on at club level and eventually win a premiership with Cronulla. How then, when the Australian side is named two days after the grand final, the selectors are told not to consider him? Um, It's almost as though there is something deeper in all of this that we don't know. I mean, there are three significant points, Dan, if I can make them. Sure. Is club football different than representing your country? I mean, you're still representing the game. When an inquiry into someone is unfinished and it's right to treat them as being guilty? And the third point is, is it a crime to retain a friendship with someone convicted of a massive crime, such as the case here? Uh, They're the three things. And the answer to each of those questions is no. I mean, it's true that Andrew used little common sense or compassion for the victims of this crime in advertising the friendship. That's the reason a lot of people are getting upset. Mind you, if the media, which includes us, hadn't picked on the the wristband, we wouldn't be having the conversation. 
that still doesn't answer the main questions. There have been examples of Fafita being a buffhead in the past, but in this case, I, I, I don't know about you, I'm having trouble understanding the logic. I'm having similar trouble understanding the logic surrounding Semi Radradra. I mean, Semi was allowed to wear the kangaroo colours only a fortnight before being barred from selection in the same jumper. So, I mean, as I said, I can understand how people feel sorry for Andrew Fafita because there's, there's just too many questions that are unanswered. There's got to be something deeper in all of this than, than what we've been made aware of. Just on the thing, I get this all the time, people tweeting, oh, if the media didn't expose what FKL was, then we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have got to That's this true. point. That's yes, true. Yes, but if he doesn't use rugby league as his platform to support a convicted killer by having FKL, yes, okay, the media uh, unearthed it and, and sort of decrypted it, but it was wrong. If he doesn't put that on his wrist, we don't talk about it. Because no, there is not a single person... That, that, this is the great misnomer that that he's being punished for supporting a mate. No, he's not. He's not. No one cares if he goes and supports his mate privately. But once you use the rugby league platform to basically defecate in the face of a family who lost their son, which which you know, I, I can believe, Rabs, is not his intent, that he actually is not the brightest bloke in the world and just thought about support. He wasn't thinking of the ramifications. I can believe that. Yeah. But it's not the media's no. fault that they decrypted what FKL meant. No, no absolutely. I'm not, I'm not even suggesting that. I have all along, I've said, that Andrew did not apply what I believe to be common sense and compassion towards the victims of this of this crime. I mean, there's a family out there that not just lost a son, they lost another son, which was a, a domino effect, if you like, or a ramification of the crime. Uh, I mean, the advertising on the wristband was, was a stupid thing to do, but at the end of the day, he did it. And then it was up to the media to reveal what it's all about. And then... And, it happened. Yes, it, go on. It happened. Sorry to interrupt. It happened. So it was, this was all uncovered just before their big minor premiership game against the Storm. And the NRL didn't sweep it under the carpet, but sort of said, we'll deal with this later. And then Fafita, stupidly, brought it back into the uh, brought it back into the forefront grand final week by saying, when everyone had kind of just moved aside and just let it go, he got, well, I don't regret a thing. I'd do it all over if I had a chance. So he was yeah. the one, again, I would gather just lack of common sense and just stupidity rather than maliciousness but it's his own yeah, doing I oh, see where I'm absolutely lost and I think the majority of people are lost as to to how the whole thing was allowed to basically go away that's where it was before he came out and rejected that completely or rescinded that completely um, I mean how was he allowed to play those last four or five weeks of football at club level when in fact the NRL was going to say to the Australian selectors, you can't pick him for the Australian green and gold. And then when you link that up with the Rad Radra story, again, it just doesn't make sense. I that's unless, the there, un, unless there's something deeper. Yeah, this, the, the Rad Radra ones, their argument was, and we'll get to this interview in a second, the Rad Radra argument is his court case is on during the tour. So we think his mind is better off elsewhere. But she's plenty yeah, but, of players that had court... Went, he, 
Yeah, but he went to Port Moresby wearing the green and gold jumper a fortnight no, ago. I'm, I'm not we, arguing we, with we, you. This is their p- p- thing is, well, he's going he's gonna to be facing court during the Four Nations tour, so we'd rather him concentrate on that. I'm not saying it's right. That's their mentality. Okay, Lim- fine. I, I, I'm just totally confused. The whole thing lacks logic. The only thing I, I think I'm right about is I think there's something much more deeper in this than, than we're, we're, we're being told about. All right, let's play. This is uh, on Sky News, Jones & Co. This is Andrew Fafita. Are you you're still going to try and support your mate, uh, Kieran Loveridge? He's obviously done something that was uh, horrific, but you'll still be there for him. And you him. don't condone that. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't, I haven't spoke to him ever since the police came to my doorstep. It's, it's, it's really tough. Um, I've talked to his mother. Um, I've let her know and explained why. And, you know, he's in, I know he's inside and he, he, all he keeps saying, please, he keeps telling him, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for doing this. And he's done nothing wrong. And like I've told his mother, and I, I said, there's nothing being done wrong here. Okay, it's just, you know, they're trying to make a fool of myself. You know, someone high profile. Why didn't my best mate get done when we went to the jail? I, I don't know why I just got done. There was well, two it's of not against the law to visit someone in jail. Well, that's so, it. Well, um, you know, but Andrew, you you don't condone what Kieran Loveridge did. Oh, 100 percent, like, mate, it's, it's wrong. I've yeah. I've said in in the past, and I'll say it today on TV. It's wrong what he did. You know, um, but at the end of the day, it took me two and a half years to forgive him. In all of this, how how has the refusal of these people to select you deep down affected you? Ah. Oh. For myself, um, uh, to be honest, I, I think it's punishment. Um, when it comes to mine, I feel like I'm on my last chance with the NRL. Um, they all know that. I, I know that. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking the worst at the moment. Um, like, you know, I've got one more uh, mess up and I'm out. My contract's ripped up. So I've already approached my management team. Um, I've already talked with the CEO about negotiating elsewhere in different codes because of all this stuff's going on. I don't know if my, my contract's going to get ripped up tomorrow. Hmm. I don't know if my, my contract's going to get ripped up in six what, months' before, time. before? Because you're stuck by your mate. That's it. Mm. Uh, that was on Scott. By the way, I should point out, when he says that Loveridge did nothing wrong here, he's referring to the mess that Fafita was in, not with Loveridge's crime. So we don't want to misrepresent yeah, and the other, the other thing that the other thing that wasn't really clear was the fact that he went to visit Loveridge uh, at the time that he was served with the notice by the police, I'm led to believe mm. he went with another person, another mate, and he's asking the question there when he refers to the mate, why was I the only one that was served with the notice and not my mate or my friend, you know? So, you know, that's a valid question to ask, and it's a valid question to ask exactly the questions that were asked last night uh, because a lot of it just doesn't add up. I can't work out why, when it happened originally, there wasn't some action taken. He was allowed to go on and play through the finals, and much to the delight of Cronulla. But then, suddenly, there's an ultimatum handed down to the selectors, we don't want this fellow chosen in the the Australian colours. That's what I can't work out. Well, that and the Churchill medal. Well, well, forget the Churchill Medal. We 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 asked we asked Mal Meninga. You and I asked Mal Meninga two questions. One: Were you told that he wasn't to be voted for in the Churchill Medal? The answer was no. Mm. The other question was: What about the Kangaroos? And Mal said we took instructions from the NRL. Is that right or wrong? Yeah, that is one hundred percent correct. Absolutely. It was Todd so, Greenberg's call. Yeah, I'm not worried about the Churchill Medal so much. I'm I'm more concerned about how the young man. Was, was allowed to go through unpunished for about five or six weeks 
And then when it came to the kangaroo jumper, he was the, the selectors were told, no, there is no Fafita. Anyway, That's so, what's got me confused and I think the bulk of people confused. <laughs> but I do like him saying, one more mess up and I'm gone. Well, just don't mess up. Just don't mess yeah, up. I mean, Have, ca- is it, that hard to be a good boy? Yeah, that's exactly – that's a fair point to make. I mean, I, I, I headed off all of this by saying you've got to take out his previous convictions, if you like, his previous misdemeanours. You have to take them out of your mind if you're going to examine this particular case – on a singular basis, you know, the, the, the junior referee or the junior officialdom that he absolutely made a buff head of himself with, I mean, you've got to take that out of your mind before you start to consider this, I think. Or was that part of, was that part of the overall thinking in the decision to bar him from the green and gold? Rabs, this is like the old days. It's 12 past seven. We've got to go. Yeah, I, I understand that. But it, to me, it's a very... It's a very interesting subject. It's a very touchy subject. Yeah. I'd love to know the real the real answers to all these questions. I really would. All right, well, I got to go too. You know why? She's got dinner ready. What is it tonight? I think it's tortellini. Oh, what's the to- okay tortellini? What what are we? Is that a white sauce situation? Oh yeah, you're not familiar with it. Hang on, tortellini. That's the one. Is that the one with the yeah. uh, the stuff inside? The spinach. The spinach and the, and the meat inside the whatever you call it. Yeah, them. but what, you're going to have a yeah. sauce with it. You're going to have a plain, are you? No, no. I mean, there'll, there'll be sauce on it. Of course there'll be oh, sauce. But is it a red sauce or a white sauce? Well, it's a white sauce. It's not red. Of well, course it's not I red. Asked. That's all I asked. Is it a white sauce situation? And you're making out like I don't know anything about Italian food. I'm sorry. I love Goodbye. You. Goodbye. The Triple M. Rush Hour.